0: Hello and welcome to In Conversation, a Dub Lab podcast where each week we will
1: bring you interviews from the Dub Lab Radio Archives. Uh, you're listening to Dub Lab Live from Los Angeles. This is Ale uh, and uh, I have a special guest here, I've just uh, broken. Ke- Kevin uh, and Diva uh, from Pop Tone. Uh, we're doing a, a guest set that we're going to be talking about music. We're going to be exploring some of the uh, things uh, that took them to create this band. And, uh, and we're going to listen to some music for the next two hours or so, uh, almost two hours. But uh, again, thanks again, Kevin, for being back here
2: in the studio Great to see you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Is my microphone working? Yeah, it is. Oh, because I can't hear myself. Oh. Uh, there you. Go. Okay, as long there as you. it's working. So. Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, uh, hey, Diva.
0: Hey. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. It's
1: great to have you here. Yeah, and, thanks. Uh, normally, this would be your show. Yeah, uh, this is
0: usually Yomalik Transmissions, which is my monthly guided meditation show. Um, but yeah, today we're just doing... A special Pop Tone takeover. Pop Tone is a project that um, I joined my dad on and Daniel Ash and it's a retrospective project um, band uh, where we're playing the music of Bauhaus, Tones on Tail, and Love and Rockets and Kevin Haskins, my dad, and Daniel Ash were both part of all of those bands um, so and it's been really a pleasure to to be playing bass with, with them and join them on that this new project it's been really fun so
2: thank you yeah and it's a pleasure to have you involved of course. <laughs> yeah. well uh, I saw you guys uh,
1: perform uh, at a rather intimate uh, concert about uh, two weeks ago or so and uh, it was um, at a uh, stringhouse Studios and I was very impressed by impressed by the quality of the performance and uh, the um, uh, how um faithful you are to the original versions and how it uh, seems like you guys really got out of your way to make sure uh speaks to to what to how people know these songs mm-hmm. um and it, it also seems that at the same time it was very much alive and live didn't feel okay. it was just some uh, uh almost a cover band you know it seemed really like these songs belong to you guys um, so I just wanted to to explore uh, what was the the process, what was the road that led to this, uh, the formation of the band
2: and the general approach of of um, your sound. <clears throat> um, well, Daniel and I, every also, year,
0: I just yeah I wanted to mention that Danny's going to be joining us later. Oh yeah, for people tuning in now, um, around like one fifteen.
2: Exactly,
1: he'll be
0: on uh, an- answering some more so, questions himself, but.
2: Yeah, you'll have to ask all these questions again and he'll (laughs) give you completely different answers. And
1: I'm also going to inquire about a lot more things like some of his solo records and things. like that. Okay, cool. So hopefully he'll...
2: Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, uh, every year for the past five years or so, we will have this conversation about doing something like this, reforming or playing, you know, a a back catalogue. And we'll go all the pros and cons and we'll get kind of excited about it and then we'll think about things we're not so keen about with doing it and like long one of those was touring a long time and being away from home and like uh and we'll just ramble on and then at the end of the conversation we'll kind of decide we we don't want to do it (laughs) and that'll be it yes until the next till a year later it was almost kind of very accurate to being a year later And um, so then last year, we we did some DJ gigs together, and we really enjoyed it. We love each other's company. We get on really well, and we have a lot of fun. And uh, so we did one on New Year's Eve, and afterwards, Daniel said, we should do, let's just do a tour doing this. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. And then a couple of
1: days later. DJ
0: tour?
2: DJ tour, Um. Yeah.
1: Which I remember seeing, seeing that you guys were doing that, did it for Halloween, right? Yeah, we did right. Halloween and, and yes. did New
2: Year's Eve. And yes, exactly. And, um, and then a few days later, I just thought, well, why, if we're going to go through all that trouble, well, it's not a lot of trouble, but why don't we uh, do a band, do, the, you know, do our music, you know, play our music? And so I suggested this, and Daniel didn't even, resp- like I texted him, and uh, he didn't respond And I was a bit miffed that he didn't respond. Then he was sending me pictures of motorbikes, which he does. And look at this motorbike. Look at this gas tank of a motorbike. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. Are you you also into motorbikes? No. (laughs) I appreciate the look of them and, like, you know, the art of building a great bike. Um, And then I got kind of exasperated and, and I just said, you know, whatever, let's let's do a band, you know. Oh, did I just mention that? Yeah, I mentioned that, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, a few texts later, a few days later, he just said, okay, who's going to play bass? And I was like, whoa, what? So he's doing it? Does that mean we're going to do it? <laughs> so he
1: didn't say yes, he just went straight no. to who's going to be the bass player. Yeah. I see. Were and you
0: mainly talking about Tons on Tail then, material? We, or? we
2: were, yeah, because that's the only band we didn't... Uh, you Know we only played one uh tour and um it's kind of built up a mystique, and, and I, I kind of felt that a lot of people would really be excited to you know hear that music live again, yes. You know? And um, th- both Daniel and I really love the music of that band, and but we we kind of felt um that anyway for. <laughs> Whatever reasons, we that didn't work out. But uh, anyway, so this time around, Daniel was on board, and he'll tell you about this epiphany he had, and that's why he decided to do it. <laughs> Nothing to do with the conversations I had with him, apparently. Okay. And um, so... Uh, and then we kind of felt that it would kind of be more interesting to do music from all the bands, and... um and when we'd been talking about this in the past, we always had this idea of having Diva, possibly Diva, play. And also a friend of, Matt, friend of ours, who's a great bass player, Paul Denman. And um, so uh, yeah, we just kind of got together, and then we got Diva to come along, and she just really nailed everything, and makes it look really effortless and. Me and Daniel are making mistakes all over the place, and she's just <laughs> really solid. And so yes. that's, but so it's great. Yeah, and um, I, I love playing with Diva. I feel we lock in really tightly as a rhythm section, and yes, uh, and it's it's a lot of fun.
1: Um, in in um in exploring more or, or finding more about how the lineup came came up, uh, one question that I feel I, I need to ask is, uh, um, in in for the first time, talking about playing the songs of Tons and Tales, were there any talks of having the other original member of, of the band joining in, and if not, what were the reasons? Um, uh, he, he's in, in the UK, right? He, Glenn, time. yeah. Yes, Glenn.
2: Um, well, <clears throat> I, I must say that we all like greatly admire Glenn's input in Tons and Tales. I mean, it was, it was such an integral part, and the bass lines he came up with are just amazing you know they're kind of like these amazing bass riffs and um also his keyboard parts and he would come with these great vocal harmonies if you listen to Slender Fungus they're all these great harmonies he came up with um so you know we had Daniel and I and I'm sure Diva has great appreciation for him yeah uh really When we decided to do the music from all the bands, it kind of felt really more natural to have someone neutral. Um, uh, I just, you know, I I was kind of picturing Glenn doing David's stuff and David doing Glenn's stuff and... um, also like ge- geography comes into it you know like, that, that's you know, what i thought
1: yeah the logistics know. of of having someone from abroad right. and uh, and also <clears throat> I, I did think about it as, as i was watching the concert i was like well if glenn would have been there then it's not uh something where you explore the music of all groups right. it yeah. would be a Tones and tails reunion yes. yeah and uh, and i think having diva in there is almost the, the key element
2: of this is not a reunion this is another thing exactly yeah and uh and Diva also brings, you know, just having a, because Diva's female, that's a different, you know, vocally, it's different, obviously, and, and Diva's vocals happen. So we had a lot of um, compliments on how your vocals uh, blend with Daniel's really well, and, it's a, you know, that's a great thing. I mean, Diva's brought so many new aspects, you know, yes. to, to the chemistry, yes. and that's also, you know, a bonus, and it, it Gives it a different vibe, and I don't know. Just it's just worked out really well, you know. I, like way better than you know I'd imagine. I think. Yes, I, the, I made
0: the website too. You
2: made the yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have no. some technical no, no and um, th- things to, but and I just like the dynamic is really peaceful. I feel like you know, you yeah. and I are both pretty mellow in general and we get along really well and so it's like when it's all three of us I don't know I just feel like there's a good balance with the three of us Yeah. Our yes, dynamic them, yes. or anything like,
1: Is it the first yeah. time you guys play live together?
0: We actually played because um, I used to be in a band called Black Black when it was like I remember, o- over yeah. ten years ago yes. now and um, there was one night that our drummer was Lola playing drums then or was it like?
2: I don't think so
0: Maybe it was Rachel was Rachel. It was was kind of like a different a later configuration of the band. But anyways, I forget who was playing drums that night, but our we had a different like Tim played guitar too, didn't he? Tim
2: Didn't Tim
0: Co. play guitar? You don't remember that? Or somebody. It was like you had
2: lots of different
0: Maybe not. Maybe I mean maybe I just totally made that up. Yeah, it was kind of a time where we were having different people playing Maybe I just totally made that up. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Anyways, our drummer that we were supposed to have that night um, was sick, and my dad was like, "Oh, well, I know all the songs." <laughs> Anyways, he's you know he'd seen us play a bunch of times, and they're pretty yes. simple songs. So, so he played that night. He had like a big mask on. <laughs> nice. It was like in San Diego. <laughs> nice. I
2: can't I remember. Think? Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Nearby. Cool.
0: But yeah, not in LA. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And
0: then... Oh, wait. Didn't we also collaborate on a dub lab thing for Tonalism?
1: Yes. That was a Tonalism
2: uh, at Sono Studio Mm -hmm. that uh, you came and you performed
1: there as well. What did you
0: play? What were you doing?
2: I was pretending to play a synthesizer. (laughs) (laughs) And and I I remember (laughs) another one where you performed
1: in the elevator of LACMA. Mm -hmm. And I think Kevin... Kept going joined, and touching, joined the, joined the eventually, mm-hmm. <laughs> the the right. controls yeah. of that old synth, right? The, the wasp, oh, the, the wasp. wasp, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: But uh, great. Um, so
0: we've like co- you know collaborated here and there over the years, but never to to this extent.
1: Yeah. So
0: well, the really the, nice.
1: the the sound. Um, I I feel like, like I said before. I was really shocked on tracks like at Lions, for example, where you hear that keyboard going and it's such an iconic sound I think at this point I'm, I hear so many people here at Dovla playing that track, I see, hear so many people at clubs here and there where that song would pop up and uh, so distinctive and uh, how do you accomplish uh, things like that for live? Uh, do you have to design the sounds? Do you sample the original masters for some of it? I see you also I, I see when I say you I see you Kevin mm-hmm. triggering some sounds right. uh, from your drum Paths. Yeah, and uh, are these sounds that you had to redesign, or
2: you looked at
1: your notes, or sample the masters?
2: Um, I'll let Diva talk about lions in a second, okay? Because <laughs> Diva, Diva put that together. Um, yeah, I, some of them I've I've kept from the, the original old days. You know, like from oh, I see from floppy disks to hard drives, and managed to keep some of them, and others I've had to recreate. Like, I used a Sin Air drum, which um, I had back in the day and, um, you know, since disappeared. But I brought Steve Perkins, the drummer from Jane's Addiction, a Sin drum as a gift many years ago. And I I don't think he's ever used it. The only use it's gotten is from me going to him every time we reform a band and saying, <laughs> Steve, can I borrow the synair drum?" And Which I've done this time. Um, it's got all these, it's like a synthesizer drum, so it's got all those weird kind of sci-fi sounds and like um, like sounds and like a white noise, ksh, yeah. those sounds. And so uh, I, I've sampled that. For, was that for a
0: Movement of Fear? The ksh, ksh, ksh,
2: ksh. Well, that actually no, that we, I took off the record. Oh, okay. And kind of, I didn't actually kind of did a hybrid, yeah took part of it off the record yeah it 's kind of a lot of work getting all these samples together. and yes. but i I really like you touched on earlier about it sounding like the records when we did the Bauhaus reform motion as well i my belief is that when people come along if they're of if they are of our age group who saw us back in the day or didn 't see us back in the day, but they have the records, and I think when they come, they want to hear. You know, it as it use originally use was instead of, you know, it, it doing alternative versions. Um and also I think for like kids or people who didn't see us back in the day and then you know, it works for them too. You no. Know? So I I'm kind of a strong believer in kind of giving people, you know, what they want. You know. Yes. Um and Diva put together lions. Oh, how yeah. did you do that? Yes, how was that?
0: Um, yeah, because it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so I was like, it ha- we got to play land." So I just well, kind of figured it all out myself. And I was like, see, it's all ready to go. Yeah, really Daniel easy. was kind
2: of, he's a bit scared of, you know, like technology and things breaking down. And um, he.
0: It makes sense. I mean, you want to try oh, to keep yeah. things as simple as possible on the road oh, and everything. Yeah. I mean,
2: the most problems we've had have been with. The sampling and the yeah. computer, like all this computer stuff, but, yes. but you know, he's fine of it breaking down in gig, which is a, you know, it's a valid fear, but, so...
0: So, so I, I really you know. wanted us to play live. So I. so I just, <laughs> yeah, and so did you, but, so I just, like, um, you know, I thought, oh, I'll just figure it all out and you know, make it really simple and easy, but I don't know, I mean, I just took the one sample from the record, that do-do-do-do, because that's on its own, and then, um, you know, the kick is just like an 808 kick and and then I just took like a really simple, like a sine wave and built on that a little bit to do the keys part, which is probably, you know, pretty close to what Glenn did, I guess. Or,
2: yeah, I mean, I was really impressed um, when you played, me, played it to me the first time. I was like, wow. It sounds, sounds like, like the record. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Well, um, uh, and and with that in mind, um, when it came to selecting the songs, uh, were there things where you weren't aware, oh, Lions, for example, or maybe other tracks you, that are the ones that people want to hear that Diva would be like, no, listen, this is really one of the ones that people really want to <laughs> hear. And you're like, okay. Uh, was there... a um, I think once you, when you're inside the band, when you're part of the group, maybe you don't have the same perspective of someone mm-hmm. uh, that is a fan, especially someone like our age uh, yeah. that that uh, uh, almost dist- uh, have the luxury of time distill what are the the you know the ones that everyone wants that mm-hmm. something that for me would be obvious for you like well I didn't know that was Lions was such a hit for your you kids you know <laughs> right uh, was there were there moments like that where you and Daniel came to. Understand the, the, the uh, how the these groups how the music has evolved uh, with the fans.
2: Right. I I find I think that I have quite an accurate take on what people would want to hear. And okay, I find that Daniel doesn't so much. You well, know? Daniel
0: really is more in tune with just like his own heart what he's happy playing and what he feels excited about more, you know, which is really cool. Yes. And, like, I love, in in an interview we gave, like, a couple weeks ago, he was talking about how there's no way he could fake it. Like, doing this, you know, there's different reasons you kind of reform a band and do it, but, like, the reason it, you know, it hasn't happened for so many years is, like, it just never felt right. And he's not able, he's like, I can't fake it, even if it's, like, for money or whatever. You know, so it's, like, he has to be... interested and excited about it and i really feel that from him and so oh, like yeah. with the songs i feel like that happens too yeah, there'll be something good... you bring up and he's like i just don't feel it i don't want to you know yes and so he kind of like and then there's stuff he's really excited to do yeah and yeah. then we'll kind of be like well we should really do this song because like people <laughs> like performance we threw in right at the very end
2: yeah,
0: yeah. of rehearsing we learned it like in the last couple <laughs> rehearsals so i'm yes. really glad we got that in there
2: Yeah, again, that was one that we, I I call them backing tracks, but where you, there's so, so much is produced in the studio that it's difficult to pull it off completely, you know, especially if there's only three of us.
1: Uh, Oh, I I was, yes, I was going to say, so much of uh, um, the Low on Rockets material, especially, it's uh, almost like mini symphonies that are happening, you know, in the records. These productions with changes of drums and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um. Wh- one of the things that I I recall not seeing in the concert was so alive, which is the the, the
0: we kind hip of attempted kind of thing, it. But, okay.
1: <laughs> you kind of what? We we we, we, tried. we
0: attempted it a little bit in, in rehearsals, I, and we kind of like. Gave I up was on ple- it, pleasantly
1: surprised, not because um, uh, that that it wasn't performed, but um. um not because I like or dislike. It's not, you know. It's obviously, you know, the hit. You know, yeah. uh, people know it. I never saw it as that. You know, because m- my interest is in so many other tracks. Uh, but uh, but I can totally see and, and and respect why I feel like Daniel. I totally imagine you guys like this doesn't feel right. You know, just <laughs> let's not do it. And it yeah, seems but it very was always compromising.
2: It was always difficult to pull off live, like. You know, when we released it, we had trouble recreating it live, and um, so I mean, I, to be honest, it's not one of my favorite songs that we produced, you know. Hmm. Um, so I wasn't too bothered whether we played it or not, but we tried to do a complete rework of it, and and um, it just didn't really work, you know.
0: Well, you did it with
2: yeah, we with did, an, Paul, yeah, and yeah,
0: we then <laughs> I tried to do
2: it. yeah, it was an. Another lineup of the band um prior to diva joining um, Paul Denman from Shidey uh, was uh kind of in the running and um he actually came up with this brilliant bass line and and we he kind of instigated this version of so alive and it, it was actually really really good
0: it was like a dubby
2: yeah it's like dubby version. and dark and slow okay. and it was really good and then paul um so, with Shaday, they work like I don't know once every five or eight years and then do like a three year world tour and he said you know i'd I'd love to do this project, but if if I get the call from Sade, I've got to go and yes, and um now, well, now Shaday singing so alive would yeah. be something, <laughs> yeah, so he's actually um they' just started to do a new album so okay uh to me actually um
1: and and uh, so Alive strikes me more as a track that is leading towards uh, Daniel Ashe's uh, first solo record. It's almost like a preview of what's to come on his first solo record coming down, which I think you've done quite a bit of work on that record as well. Right? No. I see you in some percussions and drums and programming in the credits. Um, Am I? Yes. Probably a long time ago. (laughs) A long time ago. But uh, but it 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 has that thing of a kind of like a dark lounge kind of kind
2: of idea. I'm sorry, I'm a bit confused exactly what you're talking about right
1: now. Oh, it's uh, his first solo record that came out. Oh, yeah. I
2: thought you were talking about like the one he's just put out. Oh, yes. No, no. no, Yes. yes, Yeah. Yes, I did work on that.
1: Yes, yes. And uh, and uh, it's almost like it 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 heads in that in that uh, it's almost a preview of what's to come in the next run of songs he's about to do on his solo record and so alive is to me in a way the closest to that oh, wait, sound so. he's starting to to create mm-hmm. uh, I don't know but you you actually
2: did it uh, did it quite a bit on that uh, the first solo record right yeah kind of yeah just on here and there you yes. know little bit so okay I can't quite remember really yeah. I, I but I remember just Maybe a little bit of percussion here and a drum beat here. Yes, yes. I always mean I always meant to ask because I really like that that album. Yeah, well, a,
1: the, the you know, you can cover.
2: ask him. I know. Yeah, because Daniel Ash will be joining us in about forty-five minutes. <laughs> cool, cool.
1: Well, uh, in the meantime, uh, should we get to some music now yeah, and then sure. listen to some some tracks, uh, things that are are connected to what Pop Tone uh, um, is doing now? Well, sure. Yeah. What's the What's the first uh, track that you want to play?
2: Um, it's burning skies. Burning
0: skies this, yeah,
2: okay. yeah. So let's listen to so it. So this is a turns on tail track. It's one of my favorite turns on tail tracks. Okay, so let's we're
0: not actually playing this live. <laughs> this is true, lockdown. not not yet. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll yeah, it'll. I
2: think it will come into the set.
0: Maybe yeah. a little later on. Yeah,
1: yeah. Sounds yeah. good. So let's listen to this, and then we have another one queued up. Yeah. from Love on Rockets. Yeah, uh, which one is that?
2: This one we are playing, and it's called Love Me. I love playing that one. Yes.
1: And we're back here with Pop Tone. Talking about their music, their sounds, the process of how they got here, and uh, we're going to be talking also about their uh, shows and plans for the future. So uh, I see a lot of excitement happening um, about the band, about the project, and about um, this. Uh, some almost like closing this this circle, this cycle. And um, and I know you guys are planning uh, on touring together, and there's a lot sh- a lot of shows coming up. Um can you tell us a little bit more about um how was the reception of the of the first shows that you guys got, and uh, what are the plans for the future ones that are coming up?
0: Yeah I felt um it felt really great especially i mean i've I've been playing music a long time and I played a lot of shows, but um you know not to that kind of. Receptive of an audience before, so that was really fun for me. And you know, the the rest of the shows we're doing are just going to get bigger, so um, this is exciting. And also, also, you know, as a new member of the band, I felt like I wasn't totally rejected by the fans, so that yeah. felt <laughs> keeping good. up with the legacy. You know, <laughs> they were um, supportive and accepting. So thanks, guys. Yes. Um,
1: um and then uh there's shows more more shows coming up. I know you guys are playing soon uh in uh, Anaheim uh and yes. uh, many other and uh Telegram here in Los Angeles, right?
2: Yeah, but the yeah. Terragram sold out pretty fast. So um and people uh, but I was talking to the promoter the other day and he's saying people are still like where can we get tickets? Um so we we're playing in Anaheim, which is probably the closest uh, the House of Blues on the 15th of May. It's not a bad drive. You can make it there. No. And then <laughs> there's Pomona. Yeah. Uh, the Glass House, at which is Glass kind house? of a fun place. That's on the 20th. Yes. You can um,
1: go to Rhino Records. Yeah. Get some music there, right? It's a fun And if you want too.
2: to take a trip down the coast, <laughs> yeah. we're playing in San Diego at the House of Blues on the 17th. Um, um, actually, our first show is in Tempe, Arizona. If you want a trip to the desert... Oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or
0: if you see, already lived there.
2: Oh, yeah, but I don't think. Oh, yeah, of course, this is on the internet, isn't it? People <laughs> can tune in. Yeah, from other they can. T- all over the world. world. Wow. Yes, yes, but so, it, yeah. also, you know, that many people in
1: LA do go to the desert often, mm-hmm. uh, and always looking for things yeah. to do
2: while there. So
0: also playing in Vegas, if that's yes. up your alley. Yes.
2: Yeah, if you want to go and.
0: My grandma might track down.
2: I think she's definitely she was, going, yeah.
0: She was thinking about, even yeah. though she saw the show already, she was thinking about coming out to Vegas for a full, you know, Yeah, experience.
2: and all, all these dates <laughs> and ticket t- <laughs> t- 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 <laughs> links are on our website, poptonetheband.com. Mm-hmm. So if you, uh, if you go there and you can click on links and yes get tickets to those shows
1: and uh, besides the the shows that are coming up in southern california are you guys planning on going on a national tour uh, uh, or international going abroad uh, has there been any interest or plans on that end
2: yeah that's actually when we announced we we're doing this a few months ago we had yeah in, interest in australia and japan and europe and all over the place so um this year we you know we're focusing on because, okay, well, we're, we're doing this thing where we're not doing these long tours and get get burnt out and never want to do it again. Exactly. So we're kind of going out on weekends um, and doing some dates and then coming home and having a break and going out. So it takes a l- much longer to cover ground, but, um, yes. you know, our desire is to cover the whole of North America this year yeah. and um, then go international and do festivals next year. That's kind of the idea.
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh, Well, it seems that uh, uh, the the interest is definitely there, and um, uh, it's almost. uh, It seems like this is years in the making, and uh, I I am sure when uh, uh, at the time when Diva was being born, uh, you would have never thought you'd had to wait so long until this would happen. But uh, it's it's amazing. It's finally
2: here. I found. uh, Came across a photograph of when Love and Rockets were playing some kind of radio show I think in San Diego and uh, it's Daniel it's before the show and it's this big cavernous dressing room with a couch and Daniel's sitting on one end of the couch like with all the stage gear on and then Diva's sitting on the couch and she's probably ten. about ten or something or nine yes. and
0: uh, she's we should c- use that shot
2: Yeah <laughs> it's, I was like Wow who would have thought, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And now, uh, what's been the relationship um, uh, with, uh, between, because I know obviously uh, you and Kevin, Diva, you, Diva, and Kevin, obviously uh, father and daughter um, have that relationship, but what's been the relationship with you and, and Daniel? Yeah. Uh, have you guys uh, had a, uh, talks before, or creative collaborations, or a connection like that. Uh, I certainly know of a couple of uh, certainly one friend of my parents that I felt I was connected musically with him. Uh, with mm-hmm. Daniel was always that thing, that connection, well, or something that he discovered, of saying, "Wow, you're really cool
0: person." I don't know. We, it's like I haven't seen Daniel a lot over the years, but he actually gave me my first bass guitar when mm. I was thirteen for my birthday it was like a Fernandez bass yeah. guitar and you know and that's when I started playing bass and I've you know been playing bass in, in bands and on my own since then it's like kind of my main instrument you know so yes. it's kind of funny he had like introduced that to me um so early Maybe on in life so it's kind of a psychic you know See,
2: I was having this conversation with my wife thing. this morning because we're sorry to interrupt no but,
0: it's okay
2: um another interview we did somebody asked, how, how did I meet Daniel and um so I used to s- see him arrive at art school on this great motorbike that he'd built and it, it was like custom but it was really cool very very cool just simple and this British motorbike and um and then I think he wore drain pipe jeans which nobody did you know
0: it was all uh, flares. Not,
2: not flares yeah um so I was intrigued by him and um and I even broke. I broke. Well, I didn't break into his locker because it was open, but I, <laughs> I, sn- I, you know, snuck I went. in. It was like we didn't have locks on the lockers; they were these old wooden lockers. And I, I was just so intrigued, and so I looked in it, and all, all that was in there were old music papers, like New Musical Express and Melody Makers. Nothing else. No art gear, no equipment. And um, so we kind of laughed about that. He, he didn't. I don't. I never told him that story. And then I was just thinking about it, and I thought. Why was I so attracted to him? Like that was yes. his, it? Wasn't you know, like a you know, sexual thing or anything like that? But I was really there was some draw towards him. Yes, And yes, I'm just wondering if connection. something cosmic was going on. That like you, you guys are got to connect because you're going to you know, you know, work together for the rest of your yes, life. Yes, yes. You know, so I don't know. I mean, Daniel's a really lovely guy, very generous and. You know, he he just, out of the blue, gave you a bass guitar because yeah. he wanted to encourage you.
3: Hello, everybody
1: out there. Well, uh, true, true pleasure having you here on Dub Lab. Uh, uh, I'm Ale, usually a host of a show here at the station and uh, a big, long-time fan of your music. Uh, uh, pretty much your full career, including solos, albums and... Uh, uh, really a honor to have you here on Double Up
3: yeah well thank you very much for the exposure we appreciate it
1: great well uh, I was just talking to uh, Diva and Kevin about um, uh, the show that I uh, saw at Swing House uh, about two weeks ago and uh, what a wonderful uh, experience that was. It was uh, great to see you guys uh, in full action and uh, I just wanted to to get a take uh, from you on, on how's been the process uh, of uh, making this uh, project uh, happen.
3: Yeah, well it was uh, I think the whole thing started probably like two and a half, three months ago where um, I mean people have been asking me to do this for quite a while uh, on and off over the years me personally but I I was completely jaded with the live thing I was burnt out with it all and I thought I'd never play again personally live Um, I was completely over it I was doing DJ work and um, you know trying to get gigs in film and TV Um, and it's so tough out there doing that it's been a struggle for many years and then suddenly one night about it was weird about like 4 in the morning I was you know having one of my nights of having a few drinky winkies (laughs) <laughs> Amongst other things, and watching videos and stuff on YouTube and pens, and you know, with the headphones on at number 10 and a half, you know, very loud, and just getting into it, cause, you know, sort of addicted to that sort of thing, being uh, musically inclined, if you like. Yes. And I, I, anyway, I woke up at four in the morning completely sober with the headphones around my neck, or, you know, um, and just I had this revelation that I should be playing live again. I don't know where it came from, I have no clue. It's very strange. It was overwhelming feeling, the voice come through me saying it's so obvious, you should just go out and play life." Uh, I had never had the confidence to do that for years before because to be honest, I thought I was too old for it and just been there, done that. And this thing was overwhelming and I thought uh, am I still buzzed, am I, you know, did I drink too much wine last night, whatever, because I thought I'd, I'd never had that, that never come, that idea had never come before at all for many, many years. So I gave it a day or two, and then a couple of days later, you know, it came back again really strong. The idea is so obvious. I suddenly had this burst of uh, confidence to think that I could do it again. It was sort of a no-brainer for me suddenly. A complete contradiction to what I'd been saying for quite a few years. I think the last time I played live was about eight years ago. So anyway, I just sort of acted on it, Called Kevin up. Uh, Christopher, the minister, the guy, our manager, he had a lot to do with as well because he's You know, the first suggestion was obviously to get Kevin on board. And it was an obvious choice for obvious reasons. Um, Kevin has been in all the three bands of the music we wanted to do. And then it it led on to, um, you know, the idea of of Diva, um, auditioning Diva to play bass. And I thought, well, initially when Kevin told me, it was like, yes, in great big letters in my head. Like, absolutely, that would look and sound amazing. If she can cut it, as far as playing the instrument goes, it's a no-brainer because I love the way Diva looks, uh, you know, and look, I'm a very visual person like that. So anyway, we started, cut a long story short, we started rehearsing and it really fell into place. And the thing is, the big tester is, if the bass player can play the bass line on go, they're in, that was it, that was the, that was the, the bottom line. And she nailed it. And so we started rehearsing about nine, 10, nine, be, be about nine weeks ago now. Uh, rehearsing solid pretty much for like two months, you know, eight weeks, uh, three or four days a week. And uh, thank God, it, it certainly paid off doing that amount of rehearsals because the geeks, we, we, it, it worked. It did work. It was like after we got off stage, I remember saying to Kevin, Kevin, we've done it. It works. We yeah. can do this.
1: That, that's how it felt on, on, on our end, uh, at least for the public. Uh, I, I've never seen you perform live before. I'm uh, you know, much younger, uh, from, so I didn't have the opportunity to, to catch you guys live uh, back in the day. But uh, not for a second, it felt uh, as some sort of like uh, trying to reminisce the, the past or trying to uh, recreate it. But it really felt that it was alive and well, in a sense, that I was catching the real thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was, well, the thing is, as well, it's like 70% of the set are Tones on Tail tracks. And that band, what I'm very proud about with Tones on Tail, it's, it's a timeless band. It's aged very well. Uh, it could have, That stuff could have been recorded last week or in 1967. Uh, you know, it, it just, um, it's, it's aged well. And so when we played it, when we we're playing it live, it doesn't feel out of place in 2017. It just feels perfect for right now. And it also goes through to us wearing, like, black and white clothing. That is something that has naturally fallen into place. It was edged on, the whole idea, actually, by Diva, because we were saying, OK, we're wearing black on this tour. It's the obvious thing to do. It's going to feel right. And Diva says, no, I want to wear white. And uh, yes. I said, no, you can't wear white, because we're going to wear black, and that won't work. And she said, no, I want to wear white. And so um, then I thought about it over a couple of days. i think thinking, this stuff isn't black. It's it's black and white. I mean, that would work for all of the bands that we're doing, the whole black and white thing. And it's weird because it's like uh, the fashions at the moment, I don't like using that word. Well, I'd like to call it the style of the moment. People are, are cool. I think this summer are going to be wearing a lot of black This and is white. Dan-
2: Daniel's fashion tip for the world.
3: Yes. this <laughs> is. Uh, I was, I, well, I went down Melrose a couple of weeks back and I was just asking the people down there in, in L.A. on Melrose, like, what's the deal with you know, jackets, clothes in general? What's the colors? And, and they're all telling me black and white, black and white. And I thought, yes, Diva, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love and, that. And um, it'd be, and you know, wear some black and white together. And it just, again, it, it's like 1986. Yeah. And I think, um, mark my words, he's going to see a lot of black and white clothes in. This year, <laughs> you,
2: you heard it here first on Dub Lab Radio. I love it.
1: I hey, love it.
0: Hey, Danny, but, I've heard yeah. that story uh, quite a few times now about your revelation to play live, but I haven't, I never asked you, like, do you remember what you were listening to on YouTube?
3: Uh, oh, yeah, no, because I woke, I'd, I'd fallen asleep by the computer in my big old armchair, my comfortable chair there with my headphones still on my ears. Yeah. I Actually, I think it was still blasting music, but because. I was so tired. I'd actually... I think probably something like the Ace of Spades by uh, Motorhead was... <laughs> great. ...woke me up. I mean, I, you know, like, i like... I listened to everything from Glenn Miller to, you know, the Sex Pistols, the Motorhead, to Brian Eno, all over the place. Yes. But I think probably the Ace of Spades woke me up. <laughs> I was probably... When, Makes sense. Uh, maybe,
2: maybe it was a uh, connection from Lemmy
3: Maybe yeah, it he was be. like... You know what? It... You could be right on that, because I, I think I fell asleep listening to Before and After Science. That would have made me nod off. Right. And then the Aces, you know, because with, with my YouTube setup, it just carried on playing music. So I think, mo- you know, the Ace of Spades woke me back up. And then that's when I had the revelation. So, yeah, maybe it was Lemmy telling me to get on with it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what do you... <laughs> stop about. messing about with this d- DJ well, nonsense.
3: Well, yes. put the
2: guitar around your neck.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, I have to, it's funny, because that guitar and all my pedals, there's a lot of dust. They hadn't been picked up for a long time, you know, and I, I'm, a, I'm very lazy, I can be really lazy. I couldn't be bothered to change the strings or this. Anyway, I just was playing with the old strings, and I thought, oh, God, I've got to learn that riff again. I really be bothered to do this one. But then after a couple <laughs> of doing it, I was, like, actually got... I, it was fun playing the guitar again, and compared with DJing, I mean, DJing was a nice break and everything, but it was way too long. And, the, and the, this, this is ironic, really, because I would try not to drink a lot, you know, because when you get older, you just can't do that. Although I still love it, I have to, like, keep it in check. And when you're DJing, I would drink so much more because I could drink all the way through the gig and before the gig and after. <laughs> <laughs> I, would have, I would have a really good time, but the next day, oh, my God, uh, not good. Well... <laughs> You haven't got time, you can't drink because you're playing the guitar and singing and stuff, so you can't really drink. And so as long as you don't drink too much before or afterwards, uh, it's actually a lot more healthy to be in a band than it is to be a DJ. <laughs> I,
1: keeps I, in check. <laughs>
3: I, well, the other side of it is the DJ, and you don't have to deal with other human beings. It's just you and a bunch of CDs and your headphones. But uh, looking back I, on reflection of both, you um, you 're moving around a lot more when you're playing the guitar on stage as well, so I actually, you know after those two gigs I, I was pretty stiff all over I actually got a, I got a good old workout from it <laughs>
1: <laughs> well one, one of the things that was very moving too it just felt incredible how when you switch all of a sudden to saxophone how Whoever was there, they grab you. You just grab that saxophone and you just play it, and then threw it back to the backstage. And uh, it really felt so natural. Was that? I said the saxophone. I always loved uh, your style on saxophone, and uh, it's probably one of the few people that I enjoy uh, here and play sax. And um, wow. uh, it's um, how was um, uh, was that an instrument you had to rediscover uh, as well?
3: Yeah, well, it's, uh, all this stuff is like riding a bicycle; it comes back to you pretty quick. But I, I got a funny story about that saxophone because I found that saxophone at a at a swap meet in this little in, in Ohio where I live. Um, it was thirty five dollars, but I loved it because it was silver instead of gold. Because I love silver, so I just grabbed it for thirty five bucks. And I think, oh, I'll just stick that on the wall because I like the look of it. I like looking at it. I never even thought that it would play because it was thirty five bucks. So I left it for, it was in my shed for several years. And then I've got this other saxophone, which is like a $4,000 sax. It's like um, <laughs> a Super King. It's called a Super King. It's the same saxophone, alto sax, that Charlie Parker used to play. So years ago, in like Bauhaus days, Love and Rockets, I bought it because my saxophone, which I don't want to bore everybody, but it was a Selma Mark Six, which is the best saxophone you can buy. They're like thousands. It's, it's, it's a French-made instrument. It's a Selma Mark Six. Anyway, it burns in a fire. it's literally Melted through the floorboards. so I replaced it with this Super King, which is the which is the um, Charlie Parker sax. But it was never as good as the Selma Mark VI. Anyway, that sax, the Super King, was in my shed for several years. It was really old and smelly. It w- it needed a complete overhaul. Somebody told me it was going to cost me at least two grand to get it fixed. Anyway, cut a long story short. I found a guy in Ventura to fix it for six hundred bucks, full on, and he fixed it. Great, all well done. So then I'm playing it. Okay, great. Thank you very much. It's six hundred bucks. Went home. And then I, we were at rehearsal, and I had this other sax, the thirty-five dollar one. And I just thought, I'm going to put a read on this and just blow into it, see if anything comes out. And I, I never <laughs> assumed it would And it actually plays better than the four thousand dollar sax. Cool. And it's thirty-five bucks sort of the swap meet. Yeah. It's really weird. So I'm not even taking the one that's supposed to be amazing. I'm taking this no name, generic thirty-five. Saxophone. It's, it's by somebody called Conair or something. Or, yeah. I can't remember. It's just, I, I talked to this saxophone specialist in LA when I was rehearsing there, and he says, Oh, well, in the 1940s, all these guys, China, the China was making all these really cheap knockoffs. So I think it's this cheap knockoff of something. Yes. But it played better for me than the expensive sax, which is, I think, hilarious. Uh, have you, have you just
2: expensive. fallen into a black hole? Again? We're getting this really <laughs> big weird reverb. Yeah. I thought you. I think it just went away. This the the noise. Yeah. Oh, okay.
3: Well, well, hey. also. The cosmos is telling
1: me to shut up about <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to ask you uh, without reading too much into the idea of pop tone, uh, um, uh, you also put out a record uh, Stripped uh, recently which is fantastic and, but it's really a revision of, of uh, some of your past work and with tone, yeah. essentially it's, it's that as well um, is there a moment you feel in your career where you, you had this need to revise the work that you've done
3: No, not really, but one thing that I'm thinking at the moment, and I hope this little fantasy comes true, um, I think that the world now is ready for tones on tail music. Uh, I think that Joe Blow out there is going to hear it, and it's not going to be weird anymore. It's going to actually sound right for now, and I think that that band's music, I'm I'm thinking it could have a a resurgence in a more... um, commercial way and not be you know started out as an extremely underground thing in 1983 to, to the average person it's really weird stuff I think now though in 2017 it won't be considered weird anymore it'll just be considered really great music and I think a lot of people that wouldn't have heard of the band in the past might think that it's a brand new setup uh, you know brand new music uh, I've got a feeling that it's going to finally have its day in the real world instead of the obscure, uh, instead of the, you know, the underground of things. I think it could be, uh, you know, made, more like a band like the Velvet Underground. Suddenly, I think nowadays, I mean, I go around in the supermarket in bonds and I'm hearing, um, uh, Waiting for the Man by the, the Velvet Underground. I mean, it's fantastic. But it's taken <laughs> all those years to, get to be played in in the supermarket. And I think that's great. The, the that everybody's hearing that amazing stuff now, you know. Whereas at the time, the Velvet Underground were considered the same with Iggy and the Stooges. You can hear raw power now in the supermarket. That's <laughs> terrific. Yes, <laughs> I mean I love that. I love that. It's about time.
2: I've been hearing. I've been here in Bar House in. Um, what's the clothing store? Urban Outfitters is it? Urban Outfitters. Well, yeah, 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 that's yeah. Uh,
3: that, yeah, but that's different. I mean, when you you know you've made it when you're getting your music played in Vons. That's Advanced. when you know you've really yeah. made it. Yeah. Yeah. Or in Tesco's in England. Then you know you're not underground anymore and you're really, yeah. you know. And it's Kevin will know this like about it. me, you know. I like I like a, a, a majority of people to be into something great, not a mon- minority. I love the idea of it becoming commercially viable. I've always been like that. That's why, I mean, that's why I love Bowie as well. He covered everything. It was cool to love Bowie, right, even when he was super commercially successful. It, he was still cool. That, to me, is the ideal. Yes. You know, not 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 to keep it obscure and all that. It depresses me because it's like not enough people are listening and are hearing this stuff. So with tones, I think with us playing all this stuff, there's going to be an amount of people out there that never would have heard it first time round, and they, they're they going to embrace it this time. I've got a hunch about it anyway because I think it's... Things like um, Twist, he's so peculiar, but great. I could hear you know, Twist I mean, in the I a
2: supermarket, I think. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, uh, you, what, sorry?
2: I think Twist would really suit being played oh, yeah. in the supermarket.
3: Yeah, because you'll think like you're on another planet while you're doing your shopping, and that would be You, you, you always feel like that, then. Oh, yeah. I do, actually, yes. Um. Yeah, especially when I'm on a bike. I mean, I go to another place, just like when we're playing, this other place, which is much better than... um the normal, you know, I don't know, everyday, everyday life with all
1: it's... Well, m- maybe if we're, if we're talking about uh, bringing some music from the past for today that I think also needs to be heard, maybe I can put a personal request to uh, review some of the, your first two solo records uh, uh, coming down and Foolish Thing Desire, which I am personally love those two. Uh, I think they're fantastic records. So wow. m- maybe, uh, maybe if you do a series of performances, I'll be front and center uh, <laughs>
3: enjoying them. Well, if you know, with that stuff, um, I think if we're playing exactly the same stuff until November, we might go a bit loony. So I think that we might be introducing a couple of things from wherever on the road, that, the way things go. I don't know. I mean, the one thing is I, I really want to... The set we've got right now, the way it flows, I think is really good. Really good. So I'm thinking, well, what would I replace with what if we were going to do anything? And I can't think of anything because there's no dead spots at all in the set. So, um, I don't know, I put, things, I put things into boxes, personally, so I'm thinking, okay, there's that box, do this set, nothing else, tunnel vision, do play it really well until November, then stop it, and then do something else. Yes. So, that's, that's how it is in my brain at the moment, because, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really fussy about sound, and, and uh, the quality, and sound out front, and I want it to sound as perfect as possible, uh, not exactly copying the record exactly, I mean, I always want, there are certain tracks where we have, we're, we're free, like there's only one, we can. that's going to be different every night because there's a part of that that can really go off. Same with Go. You're, just, a... you're
2: just contradicting something I said earlier, Danny. But... <laughs> well, I think, well,
0: Danny actually really brings that into it because I feel yeah. like yeah, like just... you and I kind of create the structure of it being, so, you know, with all your samples. And then, Danny, you take the guitar and, like, the way that you play the guitar each night is really what um, is going to bring it, you know, bring that improvisational yeah. and yeah. make each night no, different. I was, I was you know? just saying
2: earlier how we, you know, recreate, you know, their songs very authentically to how they are on the records. I'm, but I'm, yeah, to, I'm totally agree with you. We're, you know.
3: But what it is is just yeah. some of the songs learn themselves to be, you can improvise, yeah. improv, which is specifically there's only one and go, where you can go off. Yeah. Uh, things like Lions, you can't, you keep it solid just the way it is. The only thing I noticed though is that we're making the intro longer on Lions, but mm-hmm. that's, a re- that's fine because it's. fine it I like that. Yeah. I look at my pedals to make sure I've got the right settings for that track.
1: <laughs> yeah, like that. It's very good romantic. Yeah. I uh, do you uh, and this is a question for for the three of you guys that uh, do you see Poptone Tone uh, developing into a band that starts writing new material uh going into the studio and and, and maybe making a record?
3: I think that's a, something that we'll find out when this is over. I think we have to have tunnel vision on this because this is all advertised as a retrospective and I want to get those songs out there and as, as I said before personally I want to get people to hear because 70% of the set is tones and I, it's a personal little um, fantasy of mine to actually get that music out there so that people actually a lot of people are going to hear it for the first time and go wow this is something where was this all these years I don't think they'll they'll get it when they think it was recorded in 1983. But I mean, I, I love the idea of that, seeing the light of day. Uh, so yeah. what? So we're, we're really focusing on that at the moment. I don't want to distract that from that at all, to start bringing other stuff in that nobody's heard of. I want tunnel vision on that and just like, okay, check this out, check this music out. And I think it's definitely gonna to happen to a degree because we're going on the road. So X amount of people are are going to see and hear this stuff. Yeah. And also with social media the way it is now, it's going to, everybody all over the world is going to hear about it. I mean, a lot more than in the old days where, you know, 20 years ago, uh, you wouldn't get the exposure like this at all. It, now everything's immediate. Within a 30 seconds, everybody knows everything about anything, about everything. But uh, so that that's the idea for this first 12 months. And then we see how that other, the other side of it is, um, that's something that there's either a chemistry there or not. Uh, and what's exciting about that is we don't know. Uh, and, and people have said to me, "Well, what's the new stuff going to be like?" And said, I have no idea whatsoever, because we haven't sat down in a room and actually started working, because every band we've been in, if you think of Love and Rockets it turns tell those three bands, they're very, very, very different. And it's always minus or plus a member. Yes. of the bands. Uh, so the chemistry with Diva is going to be very different and I have no idea what it's going to be like and that's exciting. I just leave it completely open until the time's right where we we'll actually actually in when we have some money where we can relax and go into rehearsal room and just start working and see what happens. So that's something for like the end of the year or the beginning of the next year. So at the moment tunnel vision on just doing this and doing it right I'm getting it perfect as
1: possible that makes sense uh, how was uh, w- one one more question in regards to the forming of the band and how was um I know obviously you and Kevin uh, know know each other for decades of course I have a long history but how was um uh, connecting with diva after uh, pretty much knowing her since you know she was a kid since, since she was well, yeah but and no, I didn't
3: know no I, I didn't know diva I mean I was I knew her from birth, but I didn't know her through the years because we, we've never lived in the same town.
1: Exactly.
3: I um, mean, and no, not at all. I mean, I really met Diva properly outside of a club situation where you can't really talk to each other anyway. I only really met her properly when we started rehearsing. I see. Uh, yeah, so it's. I don't know Diva. I mean, I'm getting to know her now as a human being, but no, I didn't know her through the years. I mean, I, I got her a, a bass guitar when she was about 13, as Fernandez thinks, and I. You know, because I got a, I don't know, I think so constantly had a hunch that she was going to play bass. Yes. I don't know why, I just remember. I, Kevin might have mentioned to me that she was into bass, something anyway, but I got her this really nice Fernandez bass because they used to uh, sponsor me, so I'd get all the, this, these freebies, and I I said, give this to Diva. Yeah. I think that she, she'll get, get on with this. I don't know, something happened. Got a hunch about it, I suppose. I was very excited with the idea of her playing. I love it when girls, play musical instruments it's like usually girls always want to be the singer and blah, 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 but when they actually when i see girls women playing drums bass guitar or whatever else i, I find that i find it really exciting I, I love that i love to see that and hear that i mean it's, it's just like it's, it's not the usual thing yes. you know um you know it's like it's, you know just anyway yeah that's, that's the deal well,
1: no, thank, thanks so much, uh, Daniel, for, for uh, joining in the conversation. Uh, like I said before, I, uh, I'm personally a big fan of your work and uh, a true honor having you here and, and sharing these stories and seeing you active and continue on on and finding sounds it's it's always a, a pleasure you know i follow you on facebook so i do see uh, what you're up to um is there um any other plans besides a pop tone that you you you're working on at the time or is this is your full focus for the moment
3: uh, uh, when I, no, I i don't i don't really hardly ever do that thing where i split things into no it's tunnel vision this is it we're we're, we're concentrating on this there's a couple of things that i've got to do just you know to do with um uh, you know, just n- knickknacks to do with film and <laughs> yes. stuff. Um, th- th- this is like all, all our energies are into this. Um, I don't believe in like spreading thin and doing this, that, and the other. If you've got the time to, great. But my spare time goes on motorcycles anyway. Cause I'm always, if I'm not doing the pop tone thing, you know, I just have to get on the bike. Cause otherwise, I'll go nuts anyway. Cause and you, a- you do a lot of
0: painting too. What's that? You do a lot of painting too.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I used to until this started. I haven't had time to do anything now. I mean, there's what, the last painting I finished off just before this. Well, I was actually doing it just around the first week. I was finishing something off
0: Yeah.
3: when we were rehearsing. But any spare time now I have to jump on the bike because that's my yoga. That's my, my sanity, you know. So it's weird. It's just yesterday. It's like we had this conference call with everybody and I'm thinking, okay, conference call is done, right. Can everybody shut up now and just have the weekend off? And I think that's it. Put the phone in my back pocket, jumped on the bike, went for a ride, got off the bike a couple of hours later, turned my phone on, and it's ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. About thirty emails and texts and I talking about talking shop. I thought I thought this was Saturday and Sunday. I thought we were gonna talk again on Monday. It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, but you know, it needs to be done because we haven't got a record company behind us and uh, we're doing it all ourselves, which um, which is definitely uh, a new thing for me, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, uh, I, 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 you have to have some time off, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it's <laughs> we've had our ups and downs in that area, but you know, the fact is, there's always something to talk about because there's no record company there. So uh, a lot of extra work, but hopefully it's gonna really pay off by the end of the year, you know?
1: as yes. Well, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing you guys live again. I know you guys are playing, have a few dates uh, in Southern California, which we mentioned a few minutes ago. And uh, man, just really, next time you're in LA, you have to come visit. We'd love to to have you here at the Double Up Studio in person.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we can sit down and play a, a load of load of records and yeah. things. Play some vinyl. Are you,
2: do you guys play vinyl on the station? Yeah. I right, well. This is, I think, my third time coming here, and I always bring some vinyl. Yeah. So I brought a, oh, cool. a lot of tone stuff and yeah. some right. rockets. And, and mm-hmm. I think uh, Diva Diva brought in... Um, she really wants to play Spirit in the Sky by <laughs> Bauhaus. Uh oh, right. because I've she just that. thinks that that version is genius. So we, I think we're going to play that next, yeah. shall we?
0: Um. Yeah. Danny and, Danny and my dad tell all kinds of great stories in the rehearsal room, and I love being like a fly on the wall for that. Like, I've just yeah. been hearing, um, yeah. you Some know, so many great stories. But then, yeah, I actually didn't know about this version of the song, and they were, you know, they somehow it came up at, in one of our rehearsals, and we, like, you know, put it on, and I, I've been really enjoying it, so I wanted to share yeah. that.
1: Can you tell us anything about that track in particular?
3: Yeah, I can. I can <laughs> It, uh, the joke, the story behind that song is, it's its very weird how that was sometimes, because in the early days, we'd, uh, we'd have like three months off, four months off, and then suddenly we had to go on the road, and we would go on the road and would not rehearse for the first gig. It's insane looking back, but we thought uh, we were completely rusty. We'd do that first gig. We never even thought about rehearsing before playing the first gig, and so the first gig was uh, rubbish, like terrible. And then the second night was totally fine, but we, we, would, we would use the first gig as a rehearsal to get <laughs> new songs again. It's insane looking back. I don't know. God knows what we were thinking, but yeah. <laughs> Any similar thing with Spirit in the this is my memory of Spirit in the Sky, and it's hilarious because we, we liked the song. Yeah, great. So we went in, recorded it, and we didn't know the second and third verse. We just like, oh, I like that riff, Da-da-da-da-da, whatever it is. Okay, yeah, I like that riff. Started playing the riff, and then Pete started singing the first line. And if you check it out, it's not the whole song. And it's just the, the first, the intro and whatever else. It's just part of the song. And my memory of it is we didn't bother to uh, learn the whole song. We just sort of started with that first part of the riff and like went on for three and a half minutes, and there it is, done.
2: Wasn't, <laughs> wasn't it like... We were, I think when we were recording something else, like a single, and then... Probably, S- yeah. Maybe I think Peter probably started singing it just for, yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. And then yeah. it just all came together instantly. We all joined in. Just like and, from yeah. memory. Yeah, and it was one take and that's it. So
3: Yeah, it was just fun to do. But I know I know for a fact that we didn't learn the whole song. And I know, knowing me, I couldn't be bothered to learn the whole song. It's like, oh, whatever, we'll just jot the idea down. <laughs> Something like that.
2: We were okay. one of the laziest bands, weren't we?
3: Well... In one respect... We let in another. Lets
2: things drift a lot. But,
3: well, yeah, but we want... See, there's a difference between English and American musicians, right? Somebody told me this, and it seems really true. I don't know if it does right now, but back then, like, a guy would go into a guitar shop, a guitarist in England, and he'd get the guitar, and he'd go, he'd go towards the guitar that looks the best. And then I think it was Joe Strummer who said this. I'm not sure, but one of those guys. And you put the guitar on, you look in the mirror and say, how does this guitar look? Yeah, that one looks great. You wouldn't even plug it in. That's the one for me, it looks great. American musician goes into the and he sits down and he twiddles around for hours and hours checking out the fretboard and the tone and that and the other. So they're into what it sounds like with the English guy. So what does it look like?
0: <laughs>
3: so there's probably a ton of musicians out there from England li- listening to me going, what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> but who knows, I'm sorry am I supposed to say that word, I hope that's okay
0: not, no, you're not on anyway. FM yet so. we're not on FM, so. Okay.
3: so <laughs> going and beat that out but yeah, that's what I was like that. I didn't care what it uh, sounded like I wanted to know what it looked like and I, I, I used to like Telecar because it was um, such a simple, great looking guitar but, yeah, that was, that was what somebody... I think it was Joe Strummer or somebody like that was saying, yeah, it's, it's what it looks like. It, it, I who think cares it's what Mick, it
2: sounds like. probably Mick Jones. Mick
3: Jones, Out of yes, the two I of them, I would think. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Mick Jones. I think it was one of the guys in the clash. I might be wrong, but I completely agree with him, whoever it was, well, I, it was what it looked like.
2: I have a confession yeah. that my current drum kit, I, I have a 10-inch rack tom, and an 18 inch floor tom which is absolutely insane and absurd because they, they should be closer together in size but I really, okay. just, I really like the way they vlog <laughs> I'm not kidding you <laughs> some and, there's but, and I actually left my drum kit at Swinghouse where we used to rehearse and I said if you store my kit for free I don't know if I'm ever going to go on tour again but I don't have room for it but you can rent it out uh, you know rent it out and um, and they said, yeah, okay, that's a good deal. Yeah, we just rent it out and we'll store it for free. And so eight years, that was eight years ago. So now I come back to get it back and say, yeah, we're touring again. And they said, we could not rent this drum kit out because <laughs> once. Like, it's just been sitting there. And it had loads of dust on it. Yeah. And they said nobody wanted the site. They, they're like, what? A 10-inch you know, rack? And maybe they should have said to the people who it belonged to and then. Well, charge more for maybe, it. Maybe. But still. So yeah, you're right, Daniel. Oh
3: yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's an English trait. You know, we're we're more. You know, the Americans are much more technical on what it. Okay, well, does it do this, do that? Whereas we're like, how fabulous am I going to look with this guitar? <laughs> you know, we have we have our priorities right. You know what oh, I mean? absolutely. Somebody like Mick Jagger said about it doesn't take much to dress up an English guy in drag. It's a very easy thing to do. Don't know why it is. The same with the Germans. Don't know why it is with us lot. But it's not difficult.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, uh, th- thank you again so much, Daniel, for, for being here. Really a uh, true pleasure. Uh, and I uh, really look forward to uh, having you here in the studio and, and sharing more stories, sharing tunes, and, uh, and uh, really you know, keep this connection going
3: okay well thank you so much for the plug and you know the uh, well yeah the plug the exposure thank you appreciate yeah.
1: it true honor and uh, uh we're going to listen now to uh bauhaus uh, spirit in the sky and okay. here on Dubla uh we have the band Poptone, uh diva kevin daniel all here on the air with us sharing stories and uh stay tuned, there's more to come. Thank you. Okay.
3: Okay then. Bye. Go to the place that's a piss. And you know that when I die going up to the spirit in the sky.
0: Going up to
3: the sky. And we're
2: back. Uh...
1: Kevin, uh, Diva, thanks so much for coming over. And uh, we have a few minutes left. Uh, maybe we'll cue up uh, one of the tracks uh, from Diva we we're talking about from uh, Yal-Malik uh, Translation.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, so usually this is my radio show at this time. It's like a monthly guided meditation show. And I also um, make all the music. Um, it's, so it's called Yal Malik Transmissions, my show. And yeah. then I uh, I do all the music for the meditations as well. And so I recently um, started a new project, and it's going to be like a series of releases. And it's going to be, um, it's all like edits of the instrumentals of my meditations from this show. Um, so I had, my first release came out last week. And the name of the project is uh, Yal Malik Frequencies. And this first uh, release is called Jumk, which is kind of like, it's it's part of the, like, Yalmalic, it's a Yalmalic word from the Yalmalic language. Okay. Yalmel is a, another planet in a different dimension than planet Earth.
1: <laughs> and that came out on Living And it
0: living came out record. on Living Records last yes. week, just digital only. Yes. Um, so, yeah, yeah I'm going to play just the track off there in a little bit.
1: Are these uh, are these uh, excerpts from the uh, from the shows that you've done here in Dublin? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so very Dublin related. Wow.
1: Uh, <laughs> I have to say, I don't know if I ever shared it to you, but there's been a few times where, for some reason, one reason or another, we you couldn't make it to your show, and uh, or we took an extra day to archive. You know, or we did a rebroadcast and the next day. Uh-huh. There's no archive of the show, and we get a few emails. Every time it's like, yeah. when is Diva's show uh, being uh, archived? You know Aww. and stuff like that. So we do get, uh, you know, quite That's ups- nice. upset listeners that are are demanding a, an archive of the days. Oh, well, thank show. You. thanks, yeah. listeners.
0: Yeah, appreciate so, yeah. it. When, whenever I always just assume nobody's listening. So anytime someone tells me that I, they are listening, I, I keep really tell the DJs it,
1: that, that. Yeah, lots of people out there. Uh, what's her name at uh, Jenny? Jenny Nono yeah. recently. She got an email on her from her show. This thirteen-year-old girl Aww. say that her show is the only thing that holds her together that's so beautiful. she waits every month so yeah we do get a lot of emails oh, like that and, and messages so. no i
0: mean dub lab is so important yeah. to so many people Yeah, so, like, i don't mean that to downplay it it's just like more of my own yeah i don't no, know it thing, is, yeah. but dub lab you know you guys really bring the like, community us. the music community of los yeah. angeles together in a really strong way and like been so important to me through my life and then you know i believe that that kind of real heart and community behind what is happening here reaches all the, the listeners too so yes. you know you're doing a fundraiser right now so any of you out there that you know have found double up to be an important part of your lives please consider donating
1: yes we are a yeah. 501c3 nonprofit organization <laughs> and uh, this is the first day and you guys are the first show of our spring 2017 proton drive fundraiser so please visit yeah. up.com, uh, donate 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 Support DoubleUp, and uh, before signing off, I uh, just wanted to also talk to to you guys about some upcoming shows uh, that uh, Pop Tone is going to yeah. do around uh, town.
2: Daniel just texted, "You know, it was Ace of Spades that woke me up that night. I remember now." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, actually, um, I th- almost forgot to mention uh, we're uh, we're going to print up uh, these really. N- nice little posters there, are kind of on matte black paper. and uh, We did a similar thing at the Swing House shows where we printed up the set list and signed it. We're, so we're going to print up this beautiful little poster and sign it. And for the first 50 people that come through the door um, at our shows on this little first run we're going to do, they're going to get a free signed poster, and they'll be at the merch booth. So that's just a kind of nice little giveaway we want to do. and Is that going to be for every show? Or? Well, I'll, I'll tell you which shows, for sure. Is it going to be... Or is it just the first layer? I think the idea is... I think all the shows. But uh, we're doing... Um, Tempe, Arizona, The Marquee. Las Vegas, Brooklyn Bowl. Anaheim, House of Blues. San Diego, House of Blues. LA, Terragram Grand Ballroom. But that's sold out, so... Um, can't really
1: for that for those we just gotta tell people to show
2: up early. if yeah. you want to get their, yeah, I guess so. Yes, uh, and then Pomona Glass House. Uh, and then we're going on to Santa Cruz. I guess until we run out of these things, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many.
0: And those shows have. are all starting in like a week.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. The first be, one Tempe's on the 11th, uh, Vegas on the 12th, Anaheim 15, San Diego 17 um la is the 19 pomona on the 20th santa cruz on the 30th uh fresno it's a nice little trip out into the sticks yeah on the 31st
0: we love fresno
2: yeah actually our lighting guy scott is from fresno i believe um and then we're going up north uh to seattle uh on the second and portland on the third i think they're pretty much sold out and um uh, yeah. Then Vancouver, San Francisco, San Francisco, might uh, not have posters on.
0: by then, but
2: we may have run out. But um we're anyway, that's the plan.
1: We're gonna give a shout to all the dates uh, on Facebook as well. Okay. We'll share the the dates. I know you guys have that image with all the shows. Yeah. yeah. And so, they're all on our
0: website. Toptone yeah, um, the band dot com. Yeah.
1: yeah. Great.
0: Cool. All right, yeah. so I'm gonna play um uh
1: you wanna cue something up? Yeah, while this, is, this up? track's
0: called Ooze Land and it's from my new release last week, Yomalik Frequencies Junk cool on Leaving Records
1: sounds good stay tuned and uh, Kevin again one more time thank you so much for coming uh, here at DovLab soon we're going to have to give you a regular show uh,
2: well I've been waiting for you to oh, ask okay but, you so know, that's it happened
1: <laughs> so that'd but, be great no
2: it's it's always a great great pleasure and like Dave said I, I really respect what you guys do for the community and music scene of LA and I hope people will uh, come out and support you yeah. uh, keep the station going and yeah. So we can grow.
1: It, it is a true labor of love for for all of us. Yeah, I we, imagine. Yeah. It, we've been almost 18 years. So um, wow. Yeah. Wow. So for those uh, out there supporting, uh, for those that donated and been listening, you know, you've been there since 1999, tuning in and getting all these shows. Um, That's brilliant. So yeah. So let's keep this alive. Uh, again, uh, Pop Tone again uh, here visiting. Uh, it was incredible to have Daniel on the and other I, side. I should
2: just mention just one last thing. Uh, some people actually don't know that uh, Daniel and I are in the band Pop Tone, <laughs> and that we're playing music from all the bands we were in: Bauhaus, Turns on Tail, and Love and Rockets. We've kind of learned that some people haven't made that connection, oh. and that Diva has joined us, and so yeah. that's what Pop Tone is. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, We're a new band.
1: Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, no, no, that that actually makes sense because yeah. um, uh, I think even for. Uh, Big fans like me when i first started seeing the first round of things took me a minute to be like oh wait a minute to make the connection this yeah. is uh yeah, yeah yeah so uh so yeah for those out there uh Tone, kevin haskins daniel ash diva dompe yeah and more so thanks again thank come, you so much come back uh, soon kevin we will thank you diva we'll see you back soon regardless <laughs> conversation was produced by dub lab a nonprofit radio station broadcasting live from los angeles since 1999 sound editing and theme song by matea bame for more programming visit dublab.com and thank you for listening